Frequency.fm presents the Lightning Interview at Christian Musicians Summit Northwest 2015. Hey, Andrew Marcus here from Frequency FM. Uh, another amazing opportunity to share and talk with an incredible worship leader, songwriter, Benji Cowart. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Doing awesome, real good. bro. I've been uh, excited to meet you. I've oh, had a few people here. say, man, you got to meet Benji. You got to meet Benji. So I'm like really pumped about this. I'm hearing this. the same thing. I'm like, yeah. you got to meet Andrew. you got to meet yeah. him. He's got... That's amazing, man. So how many times have you been to the CMS conference? Uh, this is my, I think it's my fourth time, but the first time I came is just to check it out. Yeah. And the uh, next three times, I think the last two times I came as a kind of a presenter. And then, but then we also hosted the CMS conference in Buffalo. Oh, great! Um, they're not cool. doing one this year, but we so we were we were real acquainted with everything they're doing here. Cool, man. That's awesome. So tell me about ministry. I've seen some of your songs, obviously online, and some of your videos and stuff. What's the latest? What's going on? And what are you excited about? We just. Uh, I'm excited. My wife and I, uh, which she's, and I'm I'm not on staff at a church now. But when we were, I always felt like they kind of hired me so that she could come and sing at the church. <laughs> yeah. um, so we just did an EP, and I'm really excited about it. We, uh, Dwayne Laring produced uh, most of it, and cool. then uh, Josh Silverberg produced one of the tracks. But we were, um, you know, I just felt like we captured us. Cool. Uh, we captured us as worship leaders, and there's something kind of freeing about going, well, I don't know if everybody else will like it or not, hmm. but we we do. Yeah, and it's you. And it's one of those things so, where you yeah. just kind of go, I, I feel like we captured us. And I'm so I'm excited about it, and I'm hearing, you know, I'm hearing, it's more the stories you hear of someone saying, "Hey, I heard this song, and man, it just—I just needed to hear it." Hmm. Praise God. And uh, cool. so it's kind of like I think we all—that's why we do what we do. Yeah. Cool, man. Tell me a little bit. I know I love asking songwriters this question because I always get different answers. But what is the songwriting experience for you? Is it like pretty similar every time, or is it random? Sometimes you get inspired moments. Sometimes it's like working really hard in it for weeks or months or whatever. How is your songwriting process like? Most of the time, um, like I, I mean, I'm normally in three-hour writes. I yeah, doesn't mean it's completely finished, but I always finish a song. Okay, um, so, so I'm, like I like fast. Yeah, momentum for me is everything. Cool, um, man, that's amazing. Uh, I admire writers. I mean, I feel like Sarah Sarah Groves is a writer who, like, I think I heard somebody say she's a gold thread writer, which literally mm. she just pours and it comes out. You hear every word, every note has been labored over. Wow. Um, I have ADD, and I, it's impossible <laughs> for me to do that. So for me, it's like hit the ground running for three hours. Yeah. Um, now I'm always reading and always kind of loading the gun, so some yep. of it, like a lot of times we'll have a conversation for an hour. And then the conversation, which I'm not afraid of that because the conversation sets the rails for the song, right? Because you cool, kind of go, okay, yeah. I know who this person is. I know what they're not about. And we know where this needs to go. Yeah. And so I'm, but usually in about three hours. And I love the process of writing. Cool. Um, I just love, like, some people like having written a song. And people ask me what your favorite song is. Mine's, I mean, I, honestly, it's like always probably the next one. Cool. So. That's amazing. I was, uh, when I was in Franklin last, I was writing a song with Matt Armstrong. Yeah. And I loved asking him some questions too. And just like how many songs he writes in a week. How many songs do you think you write in a week? Because I know he writes, like, do you write full time? I write full time. So I'm probably writing, I mean, it's not unusual to write at least three or four songs a week. Yeah. That's Um, what he was saying too. How many good songs we write? Yeah. You never chase in a bad song, but you, sometimes you don't know it till two days later, and you're yeah. like going, "Oh, yeah. that was bad." <laughs> so yeah. So tell me about full-time songwriting. Like, what does your week look like? Normally, um, I don't often do two a days anymore, uh, just because you run out of stuff to say. Uh, but I am usually come in at uh, Word will send me on my calendar. My calendar synced up with theirs, and they'll tell me where we're writing and who it's with. Okay. 
my usual rituals, I go to Frothy Monkey for a couple hours um, and just, I, you know, I feel like if I just read enough, whether it's, and I read a lot of dead guys and a lot of theologians and yeah, just, you yeah, sort, cool. of, sort of load the gun and get every, and so a lot of times, yeah. a lot of that will just pour back out of you. Cool. And so usually that's usually from like 10 to 2 we're writing. Um, I teach at a college on Monday and Wednesday from 3 to 4. Oh, cool. What do you teach? Songwriting. Songwriting. So cool. it's, it's more that's of a praise and worship, National Praise and yeah. Worship Institute. And, cool. Um, so and basically kind of we're just gearing all that to helping them figure out how to write songs just for the church. And then, yeah. you know, teaching the basics. But where, I'm, where I feel like I have some authority to talk about is writing for the church. Yeah, I want to so, talk to you about that. Because what do you think is the biggest difference or big differences writing songs for a church rather writing songs for like Christian entertainment what are like some of the big differences with that because I know you're a writer for the congregation yeah. I love writing for my church yep. and for the global church so what do you think are big differences between those two to me to me this is going to sound really crude but the differences sometimes are thinking in terms of learning a line dance versus choreographing for somebody from so you think you can dance like it literally <laughs> is like you know when you come into a church You've got guys who are, uh, you know, you got plumbers, lawyers, right. stay-at-home moms, and they really don't care about your yeah. snobbish preferences for music. Yeah. And so you have to serve them. Now, you de that doesn't mean you compromise. I, I hate that sometimes we uh, insult a church's intelligence when people listen to more music now than they ever have. And yeah. so it's like, but you still have to serve them um, in how you, how you build ranges in songs. And even yeah. sometimes, like, I've, I've been studying a lot, studying hymns, and I love how hymns... They almost read like a Dr. Seuss book. Hmm. And sometimes, like, you don't want songs to just do that all the time, but, like, there yeah. is a comfort in the structure yeah. where it's like you kind of know with the syllable count and all that. Hmm. And people, you know, you sing one verse, and all of a sudden, by it's verse two, everybody's in and they They're got in. it. Yeah. So it's figuring out how to serve them, uh, use as much creativity as you can within the boundaries of the congregation's limits. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you push them anyway. Sometimes it's, yeah. it's okay to, you know, there's certain songs that you just... If you're not screaming the lyric, then then it doesn't get effectively sung. Yeah. So yeah. So it's That's I mean a it's just a, whereas for artists like you know if I'm obviously like with Big Daddy Weave I've written some with those guys. Mike yeah. is a just a freak of a musician. So mm -hmm. we can we can write things for him that do some different things. If I'm writing for a female artist, obviously you want to really let her you know because I really do believe there's a moment and I feel like it's all worship. There's a moment where an artist can do some things and one of my favorite postures of worship sometimes is just to sit hmm. and just breathe in what's going on and so yeah. man when you let an artist really unload something beautiful I, that's i feel like that's just as powerful sometimes hmm. cool that's a good word so what how would you uh define success as a christian writer and what would you what kind of tips or advice would you give to people who are wanting to write for their church or wanting to write and make records and get their songs out there what what kind of feedback would you give them well like there's two different answers depending on how much in my flesh i'm in um <laughs> we're all going to get sucked into yeah. charts and itunes and yeah. you know and that's all i mean you know honestly that's always going to be a battle but i really do when i hear stories um like we one of my favorite stories with that came from the song i wrote a song with mike weaver called redeemed and yeah hearing about a guy who got saved in prison and the first song he sang with the prison choir as a soloist was redeemed wow. you kind of go yeah i'm pretty much drop the mic and walk away like wow. i'm i feel like that's that's a bigger thing for me wow. and so even just hearing like you know but i also feel like for writers who are just in their church man 
you you know the people better than anybody. You're the expert on your mm-hmm. congregation, and so when yeah. you can when you see that you know that guy in your church who's doing the right thing over and over again, and he still keeps getting kicked in the face, uh, you can say something to him that nobody else can, and you can put a song on his lips, and that to me is like. I'm just convinced that, you know, we're, we're rewarded for faithfulness. Hmm. And I think there's going to be a lot of unknown ro- songwriters in heaven hmm. where God's just going to go, no, you you didn't get your reward down there, but you were faithful. Wow. And your reward is great. And I really do believe that. I mean, I feel like, you know, the earthly rewards are great. Wow. But I feel like there will be those in the kingdom who are far more rewarded than anything I've ever seen because mm-hmm. they just did it in anonymity. Wow. You know? Wow. Wow, that's a beautiful thought. Um Another question. I mean, I'm getting to know you right now, which is awesome. So I'm asking like a lot of questions. Sure, but uh, do you um, see yourself being more like? Have you done pastoral ministry as far as worship pastor leading a church? Uh, what's your history with yeah. like songwriting and church ministry? I did. I was on staff at churches uh, initially when I. I mean, I went to Belmont University and was one of those guys. There were two nevers in my life. The first never was I'm going to be on full staff, full time uh-huh. staff at a church. My other never was go to seminary. Yeah. Did both of them. Yeah. Um, and really what's funny is uh, couldn't have asked for more in those situations. Mm. Like So so my time in the church, uh, I loved that part. I loved kind of walking in people's lives. So that so definitely was in pastoral ministry of doing marriages mm. and doing funerals yeah, and yeah. doing, you know, sitting cool. on couples' couches and pleading with them not to get a divorce. I mean, that's mm. just part of the territory is you, you just get in people's lives and it's messy just like ours are. Yeah. Um, part of the reason that I felt I genuinely, as much as I felt called to go into vocational ministry, is the same season and the same calling I felt called out of it. Um, cool. Um, part of that was that I felt like God, uh, it, part of my teaching job, um, we were we were at a church that was planning a lot of churches, and so we, I began to see that we had a lot of singers and not a lot of worship leaders. And began to go, okay, well, if I come off the field and maybe go hmm. teach somewhere, maybe I can send 10 back on the field in my place. Hmm. Um, and so that was a big part of, so I still, like, I feel like I am just in a new season, but the calling hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I love writing. I kind of felt like one of the, my pastor and I, we, we prayed over it for about two years before I left the church. We left slow. We left well. We got to help find the couple to come in and replace us. So wow, like, we just, amazing. we just, I was, I was glad to give him that and do it right. Yeah, that's um, amazing. But so now it's like, I... But one of the things I began to see is when people, you know, we all have people walk up and say, hey, God really used you when you blank. Well, mine consistently ended up being around songwriting. And so I just came to the point where I was like, maybe I should leverage more of my day hmm. to the to the kind of the edge of the thing that I feel like I'm born to do. Yeah. And, you know, would get in writing rooms, come down to Nashville from Buffalo for a week and be like, man, I've never felt more alive. And there's adrenaline rush of coming in with zero and walking hmm. out with a song. You just cool, go, yeah. what in the world happened? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so with this, you know, I kind of, I'm convinced that as much as probably I thought that vocational ministry was forever and it was a season, songwriting hmm. is probably a season. Hmm. Um, I would imagine maybe if I go back and do anything, I may go back to school and get a counseling degree. Oh, wow. Cool. I feel like that's one of the more relevant, probably one of the most relevant church hires, huh. staff position that a church can have right now because people just, yeah, we're not sure. teaching them how to kind of just walk through stuff. For sure. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, you mentioned... The difference between, you know, there's a lot of singers, but there's not a lot of worship leaders. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Because I noticed that, too, um, in churches or in different places. Like, wow, there's so many great singers. What sets apart a singer from a worship leader? I think a lot of it, honestly, like, and I can, 
It's, it's, I feel like people can sniff it out from a mile away, and a lot of it's mm. worship leaders lead from where they've been, and yeah. singers are praying somebody else's prayer. I mean, yeah. that's the best way. It's almost wow, like you—that's a great way of putting it, man. It's almost like if you like. It's almost like if I got up and tried to give your testimony. Yeah. I could sell it as much as I want to, but yeah. nobody would buy it. And I feel like sometimes with worship leaders, you know. Wow. That's when they're just word. singing from that place versus just getting up and delivering a song. Wow. Wow, that's so. amazing. That's a great way of putting it. So tell me about this new record that you just released, mm -hmm. your favorite song on it, if you have one, and maybe like the story behind it, or the story behind a song on the on the record. I, I mean, I'm doing, there's one I'm doing tonight, and it's probably the most personal one. Um, okay. Uh, and that basically it's called On Their Lips, and where it came from is I, uh, so I was up at Kingdom Bound in Buffalo, and so Big Daddy Wee was there, and so Mike had me come up and sing with them when they did The Only Name, which is a song I wrote. And cool. so the bridge of it is just singing the name Jesus. And uh, and it's a pretty up, happy song, but I literally just almost got wrecked because, you know, this crowd of people singing Jesus, and mm -hmm. it, I just was like, whoa. I had mm -hmm. I got to be a part of getting this many people to sing the name of Jesus, and, like, wow. I'm almost in tears, and we're up there having this happy song, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm about to fall apart. Wow. But that just stayed on me, but it also was a little bit convicting because I started realizing um, how often we kind of get sucked in. And I'm, you know, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and all that, and I, have, I think it's a great tool. But I think I also find myself trying to make a name for myself. And I just felt like I, it was just kind of even that moment a reminder of like, okay, uh, when I'm done here, whose name do I leave behind? And so I just sort of wrote a song. It's kind of like, I mean, I feel like as close to a lyric as I could put on my mm. tombstone. Um, and, I, wow. you know, it was one of the songs that I just kind of tucked away in my heart. And I was like, okay, i got to find the right writer to help me get this out. And I was supposed to, Tony Woods and I were supposed to write with another artist. And that artist had to bail. And it was Tony. And I was just like, Tony's the guy. Hmm. Tony's, Tony's like the Obi-Wan Kenobi of Nashville. <laughs> like he's, he is a Jedi, pastor's heart, great writer. Yeah. And so we just wrote a song. The lyric, I mean, the lyric is just real simple. It's, uh, when my time has come um, and my days are, I can't remember when time is coming and my time is done. I can't remember the lyrics, sorry. My <laughs> Adderall might have worn off. Um, but it's, uh, when my time has come, the second line I can remember, when, the, when my day is done and my earthly life's been lived, should they search to find what I left behind, let my legacy be this, that mm. I left your name on their lips. Mm. And then the chorus is just your name, uh, Jesus, your name that saves, uh, your name, the mm. one we praise. Uh, there is no greater hope than this, so let me leave your name on their lips. Wow. And it's kind of just one of those things where it's like, man, if I walk, when I ride off in the sunset, whatever that looks like in ministry, it's like I hope if I've done nothing else, hmm. That like people just look at my life and go, okay, there's no explanation except Jesus. Yeah, wow. So, wow, praise God, man. Well, thanks for your time. It's been great to connect with you. And yeah, man. Learn more about you. I'm so blessed that I got to. Hopefully, next time we talk, we can talk about you and not me be yeah, the conversation no. dominator. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks so much, Benji. Thanks. Man.